it has been put forth by some that God had intended to be a God to the Jews only, but that when the Jews failed to receive his truth and obey him, then he launched his plan B, the bringing in of the Gentiles, which would make us all plan B people. Not the first choice, but a second choice. But such ideas are born out of blind ignorance. The fact is, it very clearly brought out in His Word that God never needed a plan B on anything. Jesus, as Savior, was never an afterthought. The great truth of Isaiah 46.10 where God says, declaring the end from the beginning. He makes clear there's no one like Him. We see in verse 9 of that passage, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like Me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And in verse 13, I bring my righteousness near. It shall not be far off. My salvation shall not linger. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. In Psalm 33 and verse 11, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. And in Psalm 135, and verse 6, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth, in the seas, in all the deep places. There was a king who would come to understand the great power of God. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. And when, after he had been punished by God for the arrogance that he had displayed, he then, when he comes into his right mind again by the grace of God, he goes on about how great God is. And he says, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? We cannot come away from this saying that God has an auxiliary plan or a series of auxiliary plans, that he has a series of backups at the ready. Psalm Proverbs 19 and verse 21 tells us that there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that 
will stand. You see, there are many over the generations that have done what was said in Daniel chapter 4 and ask, what doest thou, God? They've said in their hearts, I sure wouldn't do it that way. If I were God, I would do it this way or that way. But that sort of arrogance will end in this life and fill up hell in the next. God's statement in Isaiah is quite sufficient. Knowing the end from the beginning before they begin, he knows how it will end. He's not only seen the movie, he directed it, wrote the screenplay, and by the way, designed the sets as well. When God declared that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent in Genesis 3 and verse 15, it was not a statement made in the midst of a reaction to a situation. It was the revealing of a plan, putting forth and put forth by the triune God from before time, before the world ever was, declaring from ancient times things that are not yet done. So as we look at what we celebrate, we celebrate the incarnation. We know that the time, and that the place, and the person were all part of the plan and purpose of God. So when people ask questions such as, what would have happened if Mary refused? It may seem like a harmless and innocent question, but it's based upon the ignorance of God and his purpose. Because, and it, it falls in line with a lot of what is being taught in some places today that, that God has contingencies. He knows the contingencies, so he's worked around, and he has a workaround of uh, in regard to all the contingencies, the possibilities of what people might do. But I want you to know that there was no Margaret. If Mary doesn't say yes, I'll just tell and send Gabriel to Margaret. That's not the case. That's not the way it works out. God's pencil needs no eraser. God's keyboard needs no edit function. That which we celebrate is the working out in time of a plan and a covenant made before time. The covenant of redemption, as it is called, happened before time between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It was the covenant to redeem God's elect. When Paul gives his greeting to the letter uh, to Titus. He speaks of the faith of God's elect, the acknowledgement of the truth, the hope of eternal life. This eternal life, he writes, was promised before time began, before the times of ages, if you would put it that way. The promise was given to the elect before Time began to flow. Our predestinating God determined before time to do what we now hold 
as a reality. Note what Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verses 18 through 20. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish or spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believe in God. Before time, the precious blood of Christ, who verily indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. Now in the same vein, to add to our understanding and hopefully to our joy, if we were to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and, and verse 9, Speaking of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. What a blessing we find in these words. If his choice is from eternity, it will last for eternity. This was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Revelation 13 and verse 8 reminds us. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You see, something was planned in the Godhead before the world was. Again, if we look at Ephesians chapter 1 and, and verses 3 through 5, we once again see that great truth that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. In love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Before the foundation of the world. Now, when we think of ourselves in our relationships, when do you come to know someone? It's after you've met them, after you've spent time with them, after you've had many different times of experience with them, you, you finally come to know them. But the Lord knew us before we were born, and he knew us intimately. The covenant of redemption was 
brought into being before the foundation of the world. And the purpose was to bring into harmony the salvation of men and the glory of God. I heard an objection to this by one who, who said, why would the Father make a covenant with the Son? The idea doesn't make sense. Well, we're told in Hebrews that God swore by himself since there was none greater. And it is so very clear that there definitely was an agreement on plan and purpose and result. We can go back to Genesis and God says, let us make man in our image. But also in the means, the eternal son of God agrees to take on himself human flesh and a human body. So we read in Psalm 40 in verses 7 and 8, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will. And as we saw in Isaiah 46 and verse 10, all the events which marked the history of the universe were of necessity already before the mind of the omniscient God. We see that there was something that the Father covenanted with in regard to the Son. In Isaiah 42 and verses 6 and 7 we read, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will uphold you, will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in the darkness from the prison house. There's an agreement there. There's a covenant that's, that's being established and, and now coming out in reality. In Isaiah 49 and, and verse 8. Thus says the Lord, in the acceptable time I've heard you, and in the day of salvation I've helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages, that you may say to the prisoners, go forth, to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. Again, there's that great promise that was made before time. And if we go to chapter 53 and verses 10 through 12, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify the many for he shall bear their iniquities. When you make his soul an offering for sin, Here's what will happen. And we observe all those results that will take place, particularly that he will justify the many. 
Now one last place, if we turn to Hebrews chapter 5 and verses 4 through 5. Hebrews 5, verses 4 through 5. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was, so also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And also, in another place, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. What does that mean for us? Hopefully, hopefully you have seen this is much more than the proving of a theological point or theme. This goes right to the heart of the season that we are in. Before the existence of the world, the Lord God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit looked, beheld, and pitied our miseries. And as Dr. Howell said, moved by infinite grace, he determined to provide the means for our deliverance and our salvation. This that we celebrate is the decree of God the covenant of God before time was agreed to by the Son to come and die in our place. Before time, this was covenanted. And in time, it has been revealed. And that is what we're celebrating, the revealing of that which was decreed from before the world was the determination of God to redeem his people from the misery of their sin. Let's stand together for prayer.